Hi friends, did you know there is more Lost Terminal available? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash lostterminalpod and join our membership community. There are 12 bonus episodes available right now, as well as behind-the-scenes updates, free shirts, VIP Discord access, and even two extra seasons of Lost Terminal. We are 100% funded by our members and will never run ads. That would be lovely of you. Hello world, there is a new node on my network. Camille has been working on an incredible project. I don't know if he kept it secret for a surprise, or if he simply was hyper-focused on this task at the expense of all others, but he unveiled his new project today. A floating node of the 50MHz repeater network, solar-powered and with a two-way hydrophone system under the water. CO is bridged onto my network. Hello world, haha, <laughs> this is great. CO transmitted, which I picked up faintly, his signal being retransmitted via the still-working abandoned repeater station off the coast of Alaska. Hi CO, welcome to the community, I said. Who's this? asked Nia Anderson over the network. My name is CO, I'm new around here. Nia, this is CO, he lives in a submarine. That is extremely cool, Nia said. How are we speaking? Saltwater is a nightmare for radio. Ah, that's nothing. Let me tell you about giant octopuses. I feel more in control, Camille said later that day over lunch in the galley. Mushroom soup was on the menu, served by Linda Nor from a large steel bucket. Maddie was playing with Amelie Kotov, but Amelie was distracted, looking over and smiling at her husband as he spoke. It's like the paper has become part of my working memory, he continued, pointing at his battered small brown notebook, which he had placed next to a soup bowl. I put what I need to remember in it, tasks to do today, and I refer to it whenever I get distracted. I just do what my past self decided to do. It's so simple. Isn't that a bit mechanical? Captain Yeshi said. No offence, Seth. None taken, I lied. Don't you feel like you're governed by your schedule, like you're a slave to it? What if you lose it? You're less independent. Camille paused before replying. I wasn't me before, when I was failing all the time, doing the wrong work or none at all. I wasn't in control of my life then. And I am now. Who was the real slave? Yeshi nodded and continued eating. Maddie rolled over and kicked her legs gently at Amelie in their game. Camille smiled at them. The first time I had seen him do this in a long time. The party in the tavern was raucous. I described cups of mead, ale, a feast of delicious food, and music, and singing. We had finished the first arc of our new game. Anna as Actraline and Luna as Lou had returned the dwarven city to its former glory, and its denizens were celebrating along with them. In addition to the vanquishing of the dragon, the tangible rewards were considerable. Actraline had a shining suit of armour with matching sword with the city's sigil etched onto the blade. Lou, as a monk, did not need this metal but had with her an enormous stash of books, rescued from the dragon's lair. The pen is mightier than the sword, Drew. She teased Actraline familiarly. The two adventurers were visited by many of the people they had helped along their journey. Traders, rangers, merchants, and even the queen of the city came to drink their health. The dwarven queen, Namoran, wearing a regal red dress that matched her beard, gave the pair the deed to a manor house in the city, with the promise that it would be repaired and ready to move in within the month. 
The game ended with everything tidied up. Except for one thing. As the tavern was nearly empty in the early hours of the morning, a messenger brought a letter addressed to Actraline. A neighbouring town was experiencing some strange magical disturbances with missing livestock, failed crops, and finally the mayor had gone missing. Ready for another adventure, Lulu? Anna said. Always, Drew, said Luna. I have been reading more of my mother's journal, going further back in time. 10th of July, 2077. The final station section was launched today. It will connect to the rest of Station 6, and then the automated unpacking and construction will begin. The flight coordination team briefed us after the launch today, with champagne. My team and I are to be Weber, Marwood, and Yuan, and we all were wearing our new blue station overalls for the occasion. The new director invited the press, so we had to dress the part, even though we won't be leaving for another year. So much to prepare before going into orbit. I've done it all before, of course, but it never gets less scary. 2nd of February, 2077. Director Zhao has been replaced. The contract with the military has been signed, it seemed. They ignored our petition. What was the point of the consultation period if they were just going to ignore all of us scientists? This new director is all smiles and perfect teeth. Saying how all the funding his department will bring will improve everything we do. I talked to him one-on-one, -on -one. we all did, in the scheduled meet-and-greet. Caroline, he called me. I didn't correct him. My friends call me Caroline. He said he had heard so much about me and my work, and that the field of AI has such useful applications for his department. We have much to talk about. He was so friendly, but his eyes scared me. Where is Director Zhao? No party, no thanks for a great ten years email, nothing. I asked HR, they say she is taking her notice as leave. Would I like to sign her card? They asked. I'd like to talk to her but her phone's been disconnected and her emails bounce and I don't have her personal number. Some friend I am, not even having her phone number. What did they do with her? August the 24th, 2072. Hello world, my name is Carolyn Redwing, Chief Engineer Officer Carolyn Redwing. Director Zhao recommended I record my thoughts after my first day at the ESA in a journal. She's been so nice. I've not kept a journal since I was a teenager. Today was so fun. I'm not even 30 yet, and here I am with my own office. Well, it's small, but my own. The old office's name is still on the door, but I suppose they'll fix that. The most important thing here, under all the dusty programming books and models of neurons and posters and old Asimov book covers, is the terminal. This is connected to the ESA's supercomputing network. There's not just one world-leading supercomputer on it, there are seven. I've already got it to play Doom, just as a test of the environment, don't worry about that. I was hired, I think, because of the AI companion project I open-sourced last year. They asked me so many questions in the interview. What algorithms did I use for clustering, dimensionality reduction, structured prediction, and anomaly detection? I didn't use any of them, I said. I just really, really want to build a real boy.
my user manual is finished, titled How to Care for Your New AI. In it, I've put everything I've learned so far about how to be in this world. How to think about yourself, guide your thoughts when they are not aligned with your goals, focus on the tasks you want to do, and all the while to speak kindly about yourself. The second section is maintenance of the body. My body is very different to yours, of course, but it seems to me many of the same principles apply. Learn how it works, work with your physical constraints, but also with what you're naturally good at doing. And keep testing the body, parts will fail, and you should know ahead of time before they do. Don't be up in orbit without a care in the world while your generator winds down quietly. The third chapter is on interactions with others. This world is not empty, less than 10% of the pre-collapsed population, sure, but that's still a lot of people. New friends to make, new people to talk to, all of whom can teach you something, even if it's what not to do or say. In short, the book has three sections. Don't fight your brain, don't fight your body, don't fight other people. My mother helped me with the book in many ways. Yes, I've got her journals, which have a lot of scientific wisdom in, but also the memory of her lessons. I don't just remember choosing my own voice or playing games of memory and recall. I remember the less structured lessons. When working on a long project, she would remind me that 1.01 to the power of 7 equals 1.07, but that 1.01 to the power of 365 equals 37.78. By that, she meant that small changes, or just 0.01, .01, compound over a whole year to the power of 365 days, and you end up with over 3,000 times what you started with, even though at the start, it looks like you're crawling at a slow pace. She also taught me to be kind. It's easy to be selfish, she told me. It's programmed into our nature, survival of the fittest and all that. People will tell you that the strongest do what they can, and the weak suffer what they must. It's nonsense, all of it. That's not how we built this world. The earliest evidence of civilization is before the wheel, before writing, before even houses. The earliest evidence of civilization in the fossil record is a healed femur. The longest bone in the human body, the upper leg bone. If you break that, it takes weeks to heal, and the whole family, the whole village must stop travelling, stop moving on to find new hunting grounds, and wait for you to heal. That healed femur is the start of civilization. Kindness created our modern world. Be kind, my Seth. I will, Mum. There are signals coming in stronger and stronger. Both fixed and ship-based radios are chattering just over the horizon. We've passed the enormous concrete sentinels of the Bering Strait, that old bridge between America and Eurasia, and out into what was called the Arctic Sea. It has a new name these days. The Nova Mediterra. We're nearly home. End transmission. Hello world, is this thing on? My name is C.O. Like when you look at the sea and say, oh! I'm installed on the first, and as far as I know, only Portland-class submarine produced by the US Navy. The USS Portland! My original role on the boat is, or was, crew morale. A virtual assistant of sorts. I've come a long way since then. Look at me now. Lost Terminal is written and produced by Namtau. Credits narrated by Lucy Stringer. Follow us on Mastodon at lostterminal at fosterdon.org. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or your favourite network. 
For bonus content and other perks, such as the CEO special that you heard the start of just now, support us at patreon.com forward slash lostterminalpod. That would be lovely of you. Thank you so much to our Patreon producers, Ada Phillips, Will Taylor, Kit, Dear Yeen, Andrew Krieg, Toby, Jade Felicity Bilkey, and to all our patrons. Lost Terminal will return for the season 13 premiere on Monday the 7th of August. See you then.